It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Masterplan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Masterplan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce marketing. Last time we discussed customer research and the power of collaborations with Jacinth of The Bias Cut. You can join the chat about that and any other things that are e-commerce related in the e-commerce Masterplan world Facebook group that you'll find via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Let me introduce you to today. Today's special guest. Jack Jones is the owner and sex educator at Sugar, a lesbian owned, multi gender operated, for profit, mission driven sex toy store providing education and toys. Sugar is a bricks and clicks business based in Baltimore, USA. They launched in 2007 and have seen up to 20% growth each year since launch. Hello, Jack. Hi, I'm glad to be here. How are you? I'm good. And I am super glad to have you on the show because we've been going for almost two years now and I've wanted to get a sex toy seller on ever since day one. And finally, having you on the show means I finally achieved it because it's such an interesting sector in the world of e-commerce. So so a massive thank you um, from me for letting me take that box. Um, now, I've just given our listeners a really quick overview of you and your business. Would you like to explain a bit more about how you got started off in e-commerce? Sure. Uh, we opened the brick and mortar store with a in 2007, in April of 2007, with a website that didn't have e-com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had never run my own business before and I didn't want to do something that I wasn't sure I could do well right away. And also the adult market is pretty saturated. So it's, it takes, well, at this point in 2017, most markets are pretty saturated, (laughs) but in 2007, it was pretty saturated then too. Uh, So then we waited another year and a half before we added e-com to the website. And then since then we have switched, uh, to a different e-com now. Now we're using Lightspeed e-com, which is lovely for us as a bricks and clicks store is because it integrates with our with our in-store. We use Lightspeed in the store as well. So you've got the so whole that, point of sale integration going on there. Yeah, exactly. So that and that's very, very helpful for us, especially as a smaller business. Because before we would do that, occasionally we would sell something online and be actually be out of it in the store. Oh, that's such a nightmare. It's just because you were like, oh, I've got a customer, but I have to disappoint them. Right, exactly. Or make them wait. And in this day and age, you don't want customers waiting. They don't want to wait. I don't want to wait as a customer. And so once we were able to do that, the the whole thing has gone much better, much, much better. And I think customers also like being able to see, like on our website, it will show what we have in stock. And so if something's not available, we can either set it up so that it doesn't show or that it shows but says not available, or it'll say we have seven of these or we only have one. And so customers might know that this thing they only have one of, so I better buy it now. 
which is always um, nice. <laughs> right. Or, uh, and you know, some things we, we tend to try to turn over our stock quickly. So some things we don't go very deep on mm-hmm. and, uh, other things we go deeper because they are like classic sellers. Oh, it's just, it's, but it's the way of any business, isn't it? There's some things you're going to keep a lot of in stock and there's other things which right. for one reason or another, it's just not worth having the inventory on call. No, absolutely. So Jack, when you first started the, the business, the whole thing, was yes. e-commerce always part of your plan or was it just to serve the local Baltimore market? And then it just became obvious that e-commerce was going to be an option for you. I think I knew that I was going to have to do e-commerce at some point. And quite honestly, it wasn't something that I was looking forward to. I have like an allergy to mailing things. And <laughs> <laughs> like the post office and I are not friends. Uh, so I, I had to like, you know, do some chatting with myself to get me mm-hmm. there. And then also now I have coworkers who mail all the things. Ah, so so you kind of you you got over it in order to test it, and then you went right. The second right. someone else can be dealing with the post office, someone yes. else is dealing with the post office. Yes, exactly. Good work, very good work on that front. Um, and these days, is the e-commerce business driving the bricks business, or is it the other way around? Well, it's still the bricks business driving the the e-commerce business, but the e-commerce business is steadily growing, especially as we've been able to put. But once we moved to uh, light speed e-com, that really really helped because it just made it much easier to, when I add a product, um, to our in-store point of sale, I just have to click a box and it goes up on the website instead of having to go someplace else and, you know, to another program, adding something there, uh, and all of that. I just, it's made it so much easier. And it, it is often when you're running a very small business or, you know, in the, in the, in those early stages, it's, there's so much to be said for making things easy. It's like, oh no matter God. how many times you say to yourself, I really must put the products on the website. I really must put the products on the website. If it's a pain in the ass, it just right. doesn't happen, does it? <laughs> exactly. Like- exactly. And the other thing that also helps too, is then if we take something off of the point of sale, because we're like, you know what, this is a stupid product or it's not moving, or we've had problems with uh, quality mm-hmm. on that product, it, we, it comes off the website right away too, which is super, super helpful. And you, you kind of go, well, of course it should do that. But sometimes with systems, it's just not it just doesn't, does it, until you actually right. make the effort to find the way of making it happen all, all at once. Exactly. So how long have you been with the Lightspeed system then? Uh, we, uh, so I'm a Mac person. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, if you're a Mac person, there's not very many point of sale options for you. And so we were with Possum, which is a Mac point of sale that does not, at the time, didn't have an e-com function. And then we switched to Lightspeed uh, for two reasons. One, we were having issues with support for Possum. And also because Lightspeed had an integration with e-com. And that was about five years ago. Oh, wow. So you've been enjoying, even though it was five years ago, you're still raving about the joy of having it (laughs) integrated. Exactly. Exactly. So anyone out there who's listening, who's going, oh, it's a lot of work to get the new system in place and make it integrated. Hear how happy Jack is five years on (laughs) that it's integrated. Just just get it done. Um, 
Okay, let's cover off a few of the other basics about the business. So you're in Baltimore, USA. Where are you selling to? Is it US only or are you going global? Um, Right now, it's mostly US. Cool. And then um, the product, you're selling the sex toys and you're also selling the education. Is the education about the content side of it or is it also things you're selling? It's both, actually. So part of what we do, one of the things that we do is we we curate our our content and we curate our products. There are there's sort of infinite variety within the adult industry in mm-hmm. terms of products, but we make sure that all of our stuff is body safe, that it is uh, a quality product for the price. Obviously, if you're buying a, a $10 vibrator, it's probably not going to last you for six years. Mm-hmm. However, um, we're going to make sure that that's the best quality one you can get at that price point. Got you. And that offers you the most options. And then the other thing that we do is we try to have really good explanation of what the product does, how it works, all of that. And then we also have links within um, many of our product descriptions to like, I'm trying to buy my first whatever. Like, how does this work? What shit things should I be thinking about? And to provide them with additional support that way. And then, of course, we're always available uh, to answer questions via email or phone. Got you. And um, oh, we've done the platform you sell on. So, Jack, how about your team? Um, are they mainly working on the website, mainly working on the brick side. Have you got specific responsibilities? How are you running them? Everybody's on both. And so it's just, it's pretty, it's integrated. So the online part of the business is part and parcel of the in-store business. Well, so it's, it's literally, this is what we do, whether, wherever the order comes from, we're going to give the customer the best quality service and get them the product as quickly as possible. Absolutely. Oh, cool. That must make life a lot easier given everybody can do everything. Exactly. It helps. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, and uh, one of the things I absolutely loved about your website is how clear the mission is behind what you're doing. I, I kind of die a little inside every see, every time I see an About Us page that just has a dress on it. Um, right. Not as in a dress, but as in the address of the business. It's like, that's right. not an About Us page. Your About Us page is great. You, you've literally put your mission, your values and your vision up there. Is that something you did from day one or did that kind of evolve over time? No, that's something we've done from day one. And I think it's something that we really try to stick to and helps us drive what we're purchasing and how we're behaving and all of those things. And I think one of the things that uh, that's valuable to me on an ethical level, it's also really valuable in terms of branding and making sure that, you know, I, I see businesses that sometimes, especially when uh, I don't know what things were like in other parts of the world, but in 2009, it was ugly economically here in the States. Mm-hmm. And so I would see others, some other stores, just other businesses, not necessarily adult, but you know, they'd have in desperation, they'd have like clothes and then they'd have like pens and then they'd have, you know, and it wasn't clear. So if you were looking for something and you have a limited amount of money, you're going to go to the place where you know exactly what you're going to get. And so when you get mission creep, it can get 
messy and it's not good for the long-term health of the business. So for example, one of the things we've had customers ask us for is to, for us to carry lingerie, Mm -hmm. which we've never had on our website because it's a pain. It like, (laughs) isn't it just (laughs) awful. And so what we did with that was we, um, so we brought in some lingerie and we were selling it in the store and then, but it was not something we were invested in. We didn't love it. Mm-hmm. is really what it comes down to. And then I saw somebody uh, put up a review saying that you shouldn't shop at our store if you were a bigger person because we didn't have sizes of lingerie for oh, that. No. And the truth is we've always carried a variety of sizes. It was probably just that day that they were there that we happened to be sold out of the larger sizes. But I was like, you know what? Like We don't keep up with this in a way. And that is a message I never want to send. Like we, when we picked lingerie, we would only carry brands where we could have smaller sizes and larger sizes in the same thing. Because one of the things that is an ethic that's important to us is body positivity. And I was like, all right, we're not doing it well. We're not going to do it. (laughs) So we dumped our lingerie. Yeah, and, and, and it, but it makes so much sense. It's like you you had this vision. You tried to bring the vision into an area that wasn't really part of your mission. It's like right. actually, and then that's the thing which someone gives you a negative review, and I was like, oh no, the the thing we did on the side has just caught damaged the whole thing. So exactly, exactly. So I was like, I'm done. Over. <laughs> <laughs> We're focusing where we want to focus. Well, and I never want somebody to hear that that like their body is wrong Mm. and we accidentally sent somebody that message. And if somebody wrote it on the internet, we sent more than one person that message. And that's awful because that is not what we're about. No. And it, it, it it brings me on to quite a, a question about your customer base, because I think the sex toy industry and why I've wanted to have someone on the show about it is because it's kind of one of those products that's a no-brainer for the online space because people are embarrassed about it. They're embarrassed to walk into a shop. They're scared of what might happen. And the idea they could go and secretly buy it online and have it delivered in a a nice brown box is very appealing. But but that's, that's kind of a very naive view of the market because actually there's, there's very different customer groups, you know, from the person who wants something to, have on a hen party uh, through to to the person who actually this is really important to making their life more enjoyable. Um, how, did you from day one have a core customer group you were going for or was it just something that's evolved for you? Um, I think our core customer group are people who people who want quality and people who have questions. And so I think that that ends up actually covering a a pretty broad (laughs) spectrum. Uh, And I do think like we've definitely had people come into the store who have been like, I just bought this stuff online and it's not at all what it turns out I wanted. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's part of what we try to do with our online store is to try to be really, really clear about how something is going to work and in hopes that the person is actually going to read it 
and get what they want and need. And then in the store, we're able to offer an additional layer of that. And it does happen frequently that people come into the store and they're like, I want X. And then we talk to them and we're like, you know what? It really sounds like Y is going to do a better job of doing what you want it to do. Hence why there's so much education in what you do. Exactly. Exactly. And I would say that I think that that's key to the success of a brick and mortar store in this climate is selling something in addition to the product. Because if you want just the product, you can go online and get it in two seconds. Yeah, you've got to give that experience. Whatever the right experience is for your business, that's right. the experience you need to give. It's, it's exactly. interesting. I was talking to, oh, sorry, listeners, I can't remember which podcast this was, but it's one of the ones that's been out since the beginning of this year. Uh, I, I leave yeah. it to you to hunt down who said this. Uh, but we were talking about the... Um, how much money in, is earned in a retail space per square foot and the right. company who does it best is Apple which yep. is is kind of obvious when you think about it but is also kind of counterintuitive because their retail venues are more about the Apple brand and the Apple experience than they are about the Apple product exactly at first glance and I think that's just such a great example of how actually you get the experience right in the store it's not about stacking the shelves with every last piece of product possible and squeezing in an extra gondola it's about creating the right experience for your target customer exactly exactly and then carrying that brand over and as much of that feeling as much of that uh personalized feeling into the into the internet space as well, especially as things have gotten increasingly competitive on the internet space. So much of it is about helping the customer feel like they have a relationship with your company and that it's an ongoing relationship. And so, you know, like we write little notes when we send out a product in the card, like we've got little thank you notes that we send with all of our products. And then we continue to communicate with our customers via email and whatnot, but also really just helping them feel like they're a part of something as opposed to just buying it from a random place. Oh, so true. If you want to get that repeat business and these days, even more so if you want to get the first purchase, you've got to have that emotional connection. So I've got uh, a couple more questions before we go into the top tips round. The first one builds on that, which is, I mentioned my hatred of the plain About Us page earlier. Your About Us page is really good. Do you have a couple of tips for anyone who's struggling with it? I think you just have to get to what the core of your business is and share that. Share what makes you passionate about what you do. And did your About Us page, is it the first draft that's up there right now or have you reiterated it many times over the years? Um, I worked really hard on it before the before we... Um, after I signed the lease on our store and before the doors opened. And since then, the only thing that I've changed is related to gender. The first draft of it said um, lesbian-owned, women, and trans-operated. And at a certain point in time, that became no longer true. So Mm -hmm. we changed that to multi-gender. Also, as people's understandings of gender have evolved, uh, women and trans is not even really very inclusive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it only Um, gets more complicated, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I did did like your multi-gender. It's like, oh, cool. Oh, the saves rewriting every time a new new person joins or leaves the team. Um, right, exactly. 
Cool. So what do you think is the most awesome thing about your business right now? Um, it's the same thing it always is, is, uh, we, our, our customers are incredible people and whether they're online or in store, I'm constantly awed and inspired by them and their bravery and their, uh, willingness to take chances and to learn and to expand. Awesome. I love the fact that 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 answer completely fits with everything else you've been saying about how important it is with the mission and the values. It's like, yeah, you you are properly on those missions and values. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, um, let's get into the top tips round then. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Jack, first up, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Uh, Braving the Wilderness. Oh, I've not heard of that. What's it about? Um, Braving the Wilderness. Hold on. Let me tell you. I, I can never remember her name. Um, <laughs> by Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. And she talks. It's just, again, it's about like being true to yourself, about being willing to take chances and also about listening to each other and really trying to build community in a culture that has gotten more and more fractured. And so reaching across lines. And I think that plays out in business, both in interpersonally and in working with each other as uh, coworkers mm-hmm. and also as being able to reach into communities that might not seem like a great match for your business, but actually are. Excellent. I'll have to dig that one out then. Um, the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, word of mouth. And that's, I think it doesn't get the press it deserves because it's hard to monetize and sell to somebody. Um, but it's the most effective. It's been big for you, word of mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Okay, then the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I, I think it's Lightspeed. Uh, and the, I mean, just being able to have that integration. And the other part of that that I would add is when it comes to uh, using social media and plugins and AdWords and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, in the adult industry, it gets real tricky because <laughs> talking well because talking about adult stuff uh, violates the terms of use of almost every social media platform out there. And so we can't promote anything on Facebook. Uh, they won't take our dirty sex money. Mm-hmm. We can't promote on Instagram. Uh, we can't promote on Twitter. And so being able to that takes a really useful tool away from us and forces us to be more creative. Cool. And what would your, so are you able to put organic content on them or is it literally organic only? Yeah. Yeah. But we also, we have to be careful uh, just to make sure that, because if somebody complains, then you get banned or, and then like, I know some people who on Twitter who are, there's a thing you can get shadow banned. uh, If somebody thinks that you are too, whatever. And that means that you only, people will only find you if they go directly to your name, that you won't find you under a search. Oh, that's definitely something to avoid them. Yeah, right. Definitely. Okay, then um, the last top tip question is the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? 
building relationships with your customers in whatever way you can in as many different ways as you can. Great answer. Okay, Master Plan World. You can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Jack, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Absolutely. You can find us at sugartheshop.com. You can find us on Instagram at at sugartheshop. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram on at sugarjack, which is S-U-G-A-R-J-A-C-Q. Marvellous. I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes, Masterplan World. You can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Jack, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for being so generous sharing your bricks and clicks experience with us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. So I think two huge takeaways there, which I reckon you probably all worked out. But the first one of which is the power of integrating your tools. So they, so you make those tasks easier, both for the mental mindset of not having to think of it as a big chore to do things, but also from the fact that it saves you so much time that you can spend on more valuable tasks in your business. Jack was raving about it at the beginning of that interview there and it was five years since they got the integration working and she's still a huge fan of it. I think that is is a huge statement towards those of you who haven't quite yet got things integrated. Do it, do it, do it. Okay, and then the second takeaway was the just the fact that that mission and vision that Jack had for her business right from the beginning. I asked her about the About Us page and she'd been focusing on that before she even launched the Bricks and Clicks business. Sorry, the Bricks business, which was six, 18 months before the e-commerce site went live. She was working on it before she even signed the lease. And it's clear that that just rang true in every answer she gave, everything she talked about. It was really clear that that mission sat centrally in her business and in her and that that's what's led to their growth their steady growth over the years and their great relationships with their customers so if you've not done it give it a go even if it's just to improve the about us page and not quite nail down the mission and the vision that's well worth doing if you have the time to work out your mission vision whatever structure works for you however you want to pull it together then I highly advise you to do it because it does make decisions you make so much easier as to whether you do or don't do them does it fit doesn't it fit what did you think? Um, you can join in the discussion in our Facebook group at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. And if you're looking for some marketing ideas for your bricks and clicks business or just your online business, then our virtual summit is still available to watch and registration remains free. It's at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. Have a great week, all of you, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.